that I would quit Alright, I promise no more after this My evil Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Kevin Calloway to talk about the song Corrupted Lyle off of The Escape Team. Kevin, what's up? Uh, you know, not much. Just uh, sort of relaxing, enjoying one of those rare weekends where I don't have any homework due. So, very nice. Sort of yes. Yeah, so you are from Seattle, yeah? Yeah, I'm from Seattle, and I'm currently, currently in Los Angeles, going to school at USC. Nice. What uh, What are you studying there? Computer science. So I'm talking to another young pup here. How are How yeah. old are you? I'm 25. Um, a little older than your typical undergrad, but you know, still pretty young. Okay. 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 All right. So did we first, uh, interact on Reddit then or on, they might be ship posting where yeah, did we, uh... it, it was on, it was on Reddit. Uh, I don't remember if it was you or someone else, but basically made, uh, a thread where they were saying like, Hey, you know, what ranking would you rank the albums in? And I just really, really like the escape team, which was seemed to yeah. be an unpopular opinion. Everyone else was putting it like right near the bottom. So you reached out to me, and you're like, "Yeah, I think you even asked me, are you the guy that wrote the comic? <laughs> like, why do you like the escape team so much?" Because <laughs> uh, yeah, clearly, I, only the guy who wrote the comic could like this album. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but no, it's just, it spoke to me in a way that like, no, the Be Giants album had for a long time. Um, and I just basically I had it on repeat for the first month or two that it was out. I just loved it. I lived inside that that album. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. It's it's kind of a, a weird album in that you know it's that collaboration for for the comic, mm-hmm. and we could talk about that. So so it's kind of a collaboration with um, the guy who did the comic is David, David Cowles. Cowles, I think so. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think when it first came out, there was a little bit of discussion in like the the fan community about whether this was even uh, you know in the canon of of albums. Mm-hmm. And I think I think now it's it's accepted that it is, but it it kind of had a weird spot in that uh, it was an album that existed in a partnership or something else, and not like a standalone album. Mm-hmm. It's weird in a lot of ways because like it's only twenty minutes long, and yeah. um, it's like a concept album, which is like the only time Nami Giants have ever really done like a full concept album like this, right? So it stands out from the rest of their albums in a way that makes it like clear why people would question the canonicity of it, I guess. Right, right. So, and you, uh, you got the the actual comic then when it came out. Uh, I didn't get it when it came out. I got it uh, about a year later. So I got it, you know, when the album came out. Uh, right. Okay. So, have have there been multiple uh, issues of this, or just the one? As far as I know, there's just the one. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I was looking at it. I was, I was hoping to maybe grab like an, an E version of it last night, but there doesn't seem to be one uh, available um, just so I could check it out. But uh, it's a comic that's 18 pages that's introducing 12 characters. So I'm like, how much, <laughs> could, how much info can you really be getting on the characters introducing 12 <laughs> 12 in, in within 18 pages. Honestly, I wasn't that big a fan of the comic. So basically, like the, the rundown of it is um, there are all these people, or I guess the, uh, these people, I guess the, the escape team that um, you know have been caught by the government. They're in this government facility. Um, and there's, I think, a senator who is going to like go check out uh, the facility makes sure it's secure and everything. Um, and then uh, the guard is basically walking by all of the cells where they've kept the escape team, and each mm-hmm. member gets like this, you know, one paragraph or like, well, really more like two or three sentence introduction, just like, oh, you know, this is uh, this is Duncan. He's a fish, and now he likes basketball, and so we call him <laughs> Duncan. Or, or you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and so you just get these like really bite-sized like descriptions of each of the characters where they got their nickname and what happened to them in the nuclear yeah. explosion, uh, and then basically <laughs> at the end of the comic, the senator like takes off her mask and she's secretly Bernice Rubber and she helps the rest of the escape team break out of the facility and then they all run off into the night. Ah, um, so it's like there's very little plot to it. And the yeah. characters are really like they're introduced one right after the other in a way that like, um, yeah, it doesn't really give you any time to to know these characters. I, the album is a much better place to like learn about these characters. Um, right. Yeah. I, I, it's almost um, and with corrupted Lyle specifically, um, I had such like a personal and emotional connection to the lyrics of the song before I read the comic. And then I read the yeah, comic you know, and I'm actually, like, oh. I'm realizing we're, we're skipping ahead here. Before we get to Lyle himself and mm-hmm. his story, uh, we, we jumped right into the escape team when we should be talking about your fandom with the band in general. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, All let's right. put a pin in that. We'll come back to, to we'll corrupted come back to Lyle. That, yeah. Uh, so when and how did you become a fan of the band? Uh, I was like seven or eight years old. Um, 
I had no interest in pop music at the time. Uh, most of the music I listened to was either uh, like Disney Silly Songs still or Weird Al Yankovic. Hell yeah. Um, and my dad had uh, Flood on CD. I think he got it when he came out, you know, uh, probably because he liked to stand Bull or Birdhouse or something. Um, and he put on Flood one day, and I heard uh, Particle Man. I thought I thought they were saying Barnacle Man, so I thought it was like a SpongeBob song. Yeah. But I don't know. That was like enough to like get my foot in the door. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this was right around also the time that No came out, so we didn't have No at the time. But like here I was, and I was getting into the Rubber Giants, and I was this little kid, and like, oh well, the Rubber Giants has have this kids album now, so we got that, you know. And so uh, that was sort of where it became like that's I guess where my fandom started is with those. Um, I saw them for the first time in uh, 2003, I think. I would have been nine. Oh, uh, wow. They were supporting the Bed, Bed, Bed uh, bedtime book. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we, we've and, got that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was cute. And It's actually one of the cre- creepier looking kids books that we own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when we had our daughter, we're like, well, we, we got to get the They Might Be Giants kids book. And the art is actually done by, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but it's the same guy that's done that did the album art for one of my all-time favorite albums, Reconstruction Site by the Weakerlands. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that band. I am not. But um, the artwork is not, it doesn't look like your typical kid's album. It's a little bit uh, darker, I suppose. But, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> I mean, that's understandable for the Ruby Giants project. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyway, so then I just sort of made up my goal to like, I guess, fill out um, their discography, get the rest of their albums, um, you know, because I was I was sort of obsessed with them. They were sort of the only rock band I really liked uh, mm-hmm. at the time. I think the only CD that I had was like Weird Al Yankovic's Running with Scissors, and then it was like Apollo 18 <laughs> and the User's Guide to the Ruby Giants, and then the earlier years, and you know, I got like I got all of them up to. Uh, I think the spine was was coming out. Um, that was uh, you know I watched Gigantic. I had direct from Brooklyn on on DVD, and I uh, you know I spent a lot of time on this might be a wiki just to sort of like learn more about the band and you know yep. uh, I remember like looking up to people like uh, like John Ulysses and um, like uh, and like Quinn. Uh, Collar is that her name? Uh, just because like they were, seemed like super fans that like oh you know I want to be like them one day like just be super right. like I want to have be someone who's known they would be Giants fans like I think I'd be Giants super fan. Uh, yeah. But then, um, when I was like twelve, I started to get into like more different kinds of rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, even though I still had a very special place in my heart for they might be Giants. Um, just because I was starting to listen to other music now as well, like the obsession, I guess, sort of faded. I and mean, like, they were no longer my favorite band. Um, okay. You know, I was getting into like groups like, uh, actually, I went through a kind of a, a crazy musical journey. I, I listened to a lot of progressive rock when I was in middle school. So like Rush and Dream Theater and Yes. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Buckethead for a while. Um, and then I got into sort of more weird stuff, Mr. Bungle, 
and man man and um like the residents mm-hmm. um, and then i sort of settled into sort of like the indie folk world so skittish rilo kylie neutral milk nice. hotel um yeah. that, that sort of area um and the maybe giants were sort of always there but they weren't nearly as as prominent and about the time that nanobots came out uh remember listening to it going this isn't good <laughs> oh <laughs> like, i love me some nanobots yeah, I like I like some of the songs on it a lot, but just overall I was kind of disappointed with it. Oh. Um, and then when I went, uh, and then I left uh, for two years on a, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I was in Peru for a couple of years. And in those two years, nice. uh, Glean and Y and Phone Power came out. And uh, I was uh, sort of dedicated, I was consecrated to... to God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I wasn't allowed to listen to pop music like that. So like I, I had no idea about these three albums until I came uh-huh. home. Uh, so I came home and my brother was like, you need to hear Glean because it's really good. Um, and so I got Glean and I, he also said like, they have another album. He was talking about why. And he's like, we should go get that other album. I went to the store and they didn't have why they had phone power, which he didn't know about. So I got phone power instead. Um, and, and he's like, oh, this isn't the album I thought you were getting, but okay, cool. So another which I tell him we don't know. This is back to back. I went, oh yeah, those are pretty good. Like I dug them, but I could definitely feel like there was this sense of like, um, like I just not the man I used to be. The like, there might be giant isn't that important to me anymore. Oh, but um, that all changed when uh, when TMBS popped up. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, I just sort yes. of like they might day, be shit posting for yeah. those that don't know. Yeah, of which it, you, you are an admin. On, I am right? an admin, and it's sort of funny because, like, so as an active member of the, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, I try not to, I try not to cuss, and so I'm like, <laughs> I can't even say the name of the group that I'm an admin of. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just call it TMBS and hope people know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so I was on Reddit one day and I just decided to like go on to r slash TNBG, see what people were talking about. Someone was posting about um, this. So I'm like, oh, I used to be the Mummy Giant super fan. Like, I could probably make some memes about the Mummy Giants. Yeah. Um, and so I joined the group and pretty much immediately I got promoted to moderator. Uh, I think because I made like the first banner image for the group, because this was like back when the group was really small. I'm like, oh, great. Mm. Okay, now I'm a moderator in <laughs> every Giants meme group. <laughs> for this band, uh, I kind of like. <laughs> for this band, I used to like a lot, and that I, you know, <laughs> I've kind of fallen out of, fallen out of love with. Um, but being in that group and being surrounded by this community of like people who still really like the band, maybe like rediscover the magic, I guess. So yeah. that's been really great, actually. I've been you know, sort of rekindling my fandom. And then the funny thing is like, now I really am one of those like TMBG super fans that people in the fandom know the name of because I'm the admin of this, you know, of the second largest <laughs> Giants fan group on Facebook. So it's hilarious. The shit posting brought you back into fandom of a band. That's a, uh, that's right. a unique uh, journey yeah. there. <laughs> um, that's funny. Yeah. And so like, even, you know, knowing like now I'm back in the fandom because like I have all of these friends also who are in the fandom and part of the part of these groups. But I still have you know, I still listen to their music with sort of this um I guess Jade and I listening to it more from the perspective of the music I listen to now. Um as I've been listening to a lot of magnetic fields, 
lately, and like uh, Amanda Palmer's newest record was really good. And so, you know, um, you'd really, I, I think you should check out the Weaker Thans. I think you'd really like them. I probably they're, they're, would. They're, they're defunct now, but they are really good. All right, I will, I will definitely check them out. Um, so it's, it's like when I listen to, uh, you know, I like fun or my murdered remains. I think like, oh, there's some really good songs on here. Um, I think what's what's sort of the funny thing about being an admin for TMBS is just seeing like how wildly different my opinions on all of these songs are. I feel mm-hmm. like some people like think my opinions are like are like jokes in and of themselves because here I am and I'm like <laughs> saying, oh no, you know, corrupted Lyle was like the best baby giant song. Of 2018, <laughs> I didn't think that people would be like. Contra- he, yeah, people are like, "Oh, this is definitely a shit post. He can't be serious." Right? Yeah, it's like I didn't think that would be such a controversial statement, and then I see people are like, "Oh, wow, okay, people really don't like this song." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess that that brings us back around to the song here. So what? Uh, in what does the comic give us in terms of uh, the introduction to the character Corrupted Lyle? Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't remember it that well because I basically like said I don't agree with this. Like, I have my own canon for this song, and I'm just okay. gonna like. Uh, but basically, he was some guy working a desk job. I don't remember if he was a programmer or an accountant or whatever. But basically, he, you know, when the nuclear blast happened, he got fused with his computer, and uh, ah. you know, and so like the. I don't know, radiation from the computer sort of broke his face and he bust out and all of the weird boils that you see in the, in the drawing. Um, yeah, and it's kind, it's kind of like a grotesque, like Picasso-ish kind of uh, mm-hmm. face, like his mouth is off to the side. Right, which is just like, you know, it's about like proximity of the computer screen during the nuclear blast. <laughs> um, uh, like I said, like, so when I listen to the song... Um, for the first time, you know, I, I get this, I, the, it's so heavy and so melancholy. Um, I had this like, image of like, Lyle was some engineer at the nuclear plant that failed, right? Mm. And it was like solely his responsibility. Like he, you know, was super tired one day and like hit a wrong key or something and just kablooey, everything broke. And, and that key might be F6 because be, that's what yeah. he's holding in his he's picture. He's holding the F6, exactly. <laughs> you know, he might be holding the F6. And, um, you know, there's this, this indication, you know, no one uh, no one saw the system fail and no one found a paper trail that, like, you know, no one knows that it was Lyle's fault that this thing blew. And mm. so, um, you know, he's living, like, with the guilt himself, like, you know, thinking, like, I could have fixed this. You know, I could have saved everyone. But at the same time, he's like, you know, no one's actually like chasing after him or blaming him for, for it. Yeah. You know, it says it says no one found a paper trap, but then it says his name is destroyed and besmirched. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, it also says he snuck into the Hall of Fame and no one knew his proper name. So uh-huh. I, I feel like, you know, that's that's sort of where I got this interpretation. Like, like for him, his name is destroyed and besmirched because like, you know, he, he feels like he ruined everything. But then when it's right. like no one knew his proper name, you know, where I, you know, that's sort of where I felt like, you know, but, you know, even though he, he felt like his name was destroyed, like that was, you know, no one else knew that. But again, like that's, just, that was my interpretation of the song, hearing the song for the first time and then reading about it. Right. So that's where he's just like regular working a desk job and gets fused with his computer or whatever. And it's like, that's so boring. Mm-hmm. 
I like I like my high stakes interpretation of it so much more. Like, that's still, like <laughs> yeah, my canon view of it. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, I, I like that take on it. The the video does tell us that his proper name is Lyle Lowe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or Lowe, yeah, I guess Lowe yeah. would be yeah, how it you like pronounce Lyle it. Lowe. And then like, yeah. he, you see him like trying to 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 delete his record from the machine, mm-hmm. which I think is you know one of those. Interesting I like how moments. they show him holding. I like how they show him holding all these outdated. Uh, pieces of technology like floppy disks <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah 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 well does the comic do they give any uh indication of whether it's supposed to take place in the current current day um i think i don't i don't remember like i said i read the comic once and i went oh that was disappointing and then like i put it on my <laughs> shelf i don't have it with me in los angeles back in seattle so otherwise i would like to go get it and like say like oh yeah i you know but i think it's set in the future still like okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the future they bring back floppy disks yeah <laughs> <laughs> they've come back it, it's like vinyl you know it's come back into fashion <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing is um a lot of uh government facilities will use outdated technology just because um like they're i guess they're harder to crack like if you if you're less using, hackable yeah they're less hackable i mean um just because every computer nowadays is like connected to the cloud, right? Mm-hmm, right. And so if you're using like you know an old Windows ninety five machine, you know, or like you know even something older, and you're just storing everything locally, you know, you can't like access it remotely, right? Um, and so there's a lot of like you'll see outdated technology still. I'm sure you know there are floppy disks still in in use, and certain you know the Pentagon might use them just for like <laughs> you know. So you know, if one gets gets stolen, it's not going to be like a USB drive that you can put in any computer. You're going to get home and go, "I don't have a floppy drive," you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would that'd be interesting to find out. <laughs> so that's yeah. I mean, we've we've pretty much covered every lyric in the song. The song's only yeah. a minute and thirty seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what do you like about the musical elements? You know, put the lyrics aside. What do you like about the the musical elements of the song, I, instrumentation I and such? Uh, you know, because it seems like this really heavy, melancholy song. You know, so it mm-hmm. starts out with, um, you know, the the sort of light, sort of drum tapping, you know. Yeah, the, a drum the, machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the 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 bass comes in, uh, and then when the guitar comes in, it just sort of changes the mood because like the the drum machine and the bass, it feels really cool, like kind of sly. Right. And then you get the guitar, which just makes it feel so like almost caustic like something is definitely wrong you know yeah yeah and then, uh and and so j- just uh before we move on it, it it appears from i'm looking at the lyrics in my vinyl copy of the escape team mm-hmm. it appears that danny weinkoff is not the one that played the bass it's got a guy named chris anderson listed as bass and mellotron mm. and the mellotron i believe would be the um you hear kind of a, a synthetic string kind of sound like a cello kind of sound a string section sound that, oh, yeah, that yeah. i knew was that i could tell it wasn't real string so that's definitely mellotron which in a way i don't know if you know much about mellotrons but they're kind of like the first sampler so it, yeah. it would be you know a recording of real strings but then the mellotron would you know based on the speed of the tape there would actually be tape uh controlled by the 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 keyboard would speed up or slow down to change the pitch of the strings so this guy Chris Anderson is listed as playing bass. So that's that's interesting. It is interesting, yeah. 
Um, I had assumed it was Danny, and on the uh, the TMBW page, the the credits like it's not even blue. You can't even click on it. It's got no uh, no credits. This might so, be an opportunity to edit TMBW. There we go. Hey, John, get get on it. Let's let's uh, get this info in there. <laughs> <laughs> I know something the wiki doesn't. That's uh, impossible. Right. That's that's one of those rare moments where it's like, wait, wait, wait. I have the opportunity to put this on. So uh, back to where you were saying how when the guitar comes in, how it changes the feel of it. Um, I've got a, a bit of a musical nerd, musical theory kind of uh, way to explain that. Uh, are, are you a musician at all? Yeah, I'm a songwriter. Um, and uh, I like to sing. I don't really play any instruments. I used to play bass guitar when I was in high school. I was in a garage mm. rock band. Um, but I mean... Over the summer, I was working on a new album, and I was like trying to learn my bass parts so I could like get back into that. Yeah, but I still just don't. I don't think of myself as an instrumentalist. I think of myself as a songwriter above all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a music teacher, and I went to school for music education. Took lots of theory classes and all that. And uh, so the, the way you were saying that after the you know the bass little intro. Uh, starts that when the guitar kind of changes up the feel and I've got kind of an explanation for that. Um, so one thing that is on the wiki is a guitar tab. Someone has tabbed it out. And for the key, the key is a Phrygian. Now there's all these different modes, different, uh, scales to use in music. While in pop music, you pretty much just hear two, uh, the major scale and the minor scale, which are actually known as Ionian and Aeolian in, uh, the old school, terminology and a phrygian is a lot like aeolian which is the natural minor where uh in regular minor key so the scales all have to do with where the whole steps and half steps are that's what gives them the their sound in a regular minor key uh you have the half steps between the second and third and the fifth and sixth now in uh phrygian you have, instead of between the second and third, you have the half step between the first and second. So there's a half step right away, while the, there's still a half step between the five and six. So it's close to a minor scale. But um, they have it listed as a Phrygian, which I think I might agree with. But the, what uh, makes the big difference between those two is that in A minor, you would have B naturals, while in A Phrygian, you would have B flats. And in the intro, in the bass part, it is playing uh, B natural as part of the bass part. So that oh, would just make it an A minor. While when mm -hmm. the guitar hits, the very first chord it hits is a B flat minor. So that's what kind of pushes it into this weird, you know, key signature, this weird mode that isn't often heard in pop music. So it definitely pushes it to a place where you might not realize, oh, there's this weird, you know, music theory thing happening where mm -hmm. the key is changing to this weird key. But when you hear that, you're like, oh, something's that's like a chord I wasn't expecting. You know, that, mm -hmm. that B flat minor there. Um, though throughout the song, you do have chords like an E major, which again puts that B natural back in there. Mm -hmm. So it's this weird thing where it's kind of... Uh, Flip-flopping. Floating in this Im ambiguous area, yeah, between a regular A minor and this a phrygian mode so it's it's definitely a unique song in its chord progressions and for a song that's just a minute and 37 seconds to be doing all this weird stuff key wise is uh 
definitely uh, interesting. <laughs> right. I, um, just because, um, like, I don't really know if, if the key itself changes throughout the song, but it definitely gives that feel to it. Sort of at the end of every verse, it feels like it's going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that. Just it always feels like you're growing, even though you're just sort of flip flopping between, I guess, a, a Phrygian and a minor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then I guess the Mellotron comes in, which just sort of fills out the, the orchestration. Um, and so you, you just get this, like, growing intense emotionality. Um, and then at the end, uh, you sort of have, I guess, what I would, what the proper term was, I would call it a bass drop, uh, where the, the drums come in so much heavier right? And you get the yeah, the of, drum machine comes back in because because what yeah. we've got here is uh, there's drum machine at the beginning, and then it mm-hmm. goes to live drums, which would be uh, it's got to be Marty, and then right. back to this like glitchy kind of drum machine again at the yeah. end. Right. Um, which again, like it doesn't really feel like it resolves anything. It just feels like like okay, so we've learned about Lyle, and he's got this sad story, and now like. You know, and now we're sort of in consequence land. Is we just have action. We've got movement. We've got you know, mm-hmm. um, you know. It's like we got, we push the ball rolling, and now the ball is rolling, and it's out of control. Um, and so you get, yeah, you got the glitchy sort of drum machine, and sort of the bleeps and bloops on top of it. You know. Um, yeah, which I think might be the the little toy that Linnell uses called the chaos pad chaos with a K uh-huh. I believe. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you've seen him live. So he's got that weird mm-hmm. thing where he just kind of touches it and moves his finger around. Mm-hmm. I believe that what is what might be making that little beep, burp, 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 like the computer type uh-huh. beeps. Yeah. Right. That's just um, my guess though. Yeah. So I just, I just really like the, I guess the, the fluidity of the movement of the song. Um, I was uh, actually talking to someone on TNDS uh, a few months ago. Um, they really liked the song Best Regrets from My Murdered Remains, mm-hmm. uh, which has grown on me uh, for sure. But when I first heard it, I felt like this is kind of a boring song. It doesn't really go anywhere. Uh-huh. And they felt me like, how can you say it doesn't go anywhere when you say that like Corrupted Lyle is your favorite song of 2018? <laughs> and I, I can understand like the comparison that they're both kind of like slow melancholy songs, yeah. you know, um, you know, they have very similar moods, but the difference to me, like corrupted Lyle always feels like it's going somewhere. Um, you know, because it feels like each verse is like growing and building off of the last. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd listened to best regrets so many times before I was like, okay, well I guess the drums come in heavier in the second verse. And that's like, there, there is some sort of forward momentum to this track. Right. Um, and so I, you know, I guess that's sort of the interesting thing is, I guess going back to what I said is, I, I post my opinions on TNBS, and I, I'm well aware that my opinions are like unpopular. They would be giants' opinions. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, they're like, they're definitely coming from a different uh, different angle than a lot of the fans on there. Yeah. Um. But it's interesting because you know I can say like, oh, this is what how I connect with the music. This is what I see. Um, and even though we're all sort of doing it in this like mocking tone of like, you know, oh, my opinion is the best and yours don't matter. Uh, uh there's still actually, there's a lot of good discourse that comes out of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is why I like, um, so Rachel Jones, who's doing her dissertation on their giants, 
Yeah, we've like had her on. She's been on three episodes, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and she's like become one of my best friends in the group just because, uh, you know, she has this like, very intellectual view of mm-hmm. like, the memeing and the joking that we do in the group and how it actually like masks the way that we connect with music. Which for me, it's mm-hmm. like because I I have that different perspective on the Every Giants music, and I, I'm coming at it from this other different angle. It kind of looks like. Um, a wedge, uh, you know, like like that I'm sort of drawing, like, oh, yeah, you know, I think Corrupted Lyle's a good song. I think the Escape Team is the best Enemy Giants album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which that looks like such a bizarre, like, contrarian yeah. opinion. But it's just, like, yeah. it's how I connect with the music. <laughs> like, no, I'm j- honestly. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Rachel's Rachel's awesome. I've tell her she got another. She keeps getting name dropped in other people's episodes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely a, a unique fan, and that she's you know going to be doing her dissertation on on yeah. them. And I'd be excited to read that when she's done with that. Yeah, we all uh, would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Should we move on to the very short cover section? Yeah, I, I did hear this one cover of the song by a guy, uh, Greg Simpson. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> Yeah, so I was searching and searched YouTube, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and there are no covers of this song. And again, I think that kind of goes back to to, to two things in that it's, you know, one of the newest albums. And also that uh, uh, other than you, it's one of the least popular albums. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I decided I should make my own. So uh, last night, so right now where, where you're looking at me now, I'm in my wife's office and I've got kind of a little portable rig set up we just had a bunch of work done in our basement uh Mm. to deal with some like seepage issues we were getting and that's where like my studio and my practice space are so i don't have my good recording setup um currently hooked up or anything right now i've got to kind of get that put back together um this weekend and so i'm like i'll just do a lo-fi cover so i just took my laptop here with the laptop microphone and set it on the other side of the room and played my upright, which is is down there. That wasn't going to be carried up the stairs. The people installing the new floor had to work around that and <laughs> move it around. Uh, and then I also used for a drum machine. I used this little keyboard that I bought for a dollar. Let me let me show you. All right. So th- this right here, yeah. I got it at a garage sale. It is. Uh, it's the Concertmate 800 Rapmaster. <laughs> and the Rapmaster, let me turn this on. It's got some pretty cool tones, but one thing I like best about it is the um, the drum machines. And let's see, I think I used, let's see, which drum machine did I use? No, not that one, let's see. So I decided on this drum beat. Yeah. Let's see, I slowed it down a little bit because it's kind of a slower song. Yeah, so I set that on top of the piano. And I played along and just sung from the other side of the room. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'll go ahead and drop in that here. I'm going to play the whole damn thing because it's short and it's the oh, only cover. You're right. Thank you. 
I kind of liked how this came out. It kind of sounded to me like the song Tick on Nanobots. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's kind of just like a sing-along to the piano, you know, not close mic. It's just kind of the whole room sound. So I was, I was kind of pleased with how that came out there. So it was just the piano singing and this uh, Ratmaster. And at the end, it features the Ratmaster has this scratch pad. Um, <laughs> which is one of the key features. It's also got these little mm-hmm. touch pads for some orchestra hits. <laughs> so, uh, what did you think of my uh, slapdash cover I did in three takes? I actually, I actually really liked it. Um, except um, this was sort of the my reaction to it is like it was really good. I was grooving along to it, and then um, when we got to the ending after the final verse, sort of where the you know, the drum machine comes back in the original recording. Because uh, mm. I really like that in the original recording because it gets, you know, it's so hard hitting and it really just feels like, okay, now we're, we're, now we're here. And in your cover, it sort of just felt like, you know, things were sort of, you know, kind of ending there. Uh, okay. Which, yeah, I uh, decided intentionally to bring back the bass line from the beginning, which does uh, that little bass line, again, with that, that B natural that, that only happens... Uh, that little progression only happens at the very beginning. I decided had, like, to bring it back. Piano I solo. It. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I like the piano solo, um, but there was definitely this like feeling of like, Oh, you know, this is like a completely different energy from like the ending of the original song. And those which, are my thoughts um, on a cover. You got to bring your own spin to a cover or what's the point. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally agree that like, you know, covers should be, you know, suitably different. I mean, like on the John Henry cover album, I contributed like three of the songs, and they were completely unrecognizable from the original Henry Giants version. <laughs> yes, nice, nice. Uh, um, <laughs> it's, it's uh, but um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to try to just do it exactly the same as They Might Be Giants, people are just going to want to listen to They Might Be Giants. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, which is, I guess, the, my problem with like Weezer's The Teal album is yeah, like, yeah, it just it's just well, like, I've heard these songs before. I don't need to hear these or sing them if they're not going to do anything with them. Right. And they picked just like some of like the biggest hits. There was like no deep cuts there. Wasn't, uh, didn't they, did they do take on me or what? Yeah. I think they did take on me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, dude, I've already heard like 10 bands do that. I don't need to hear (laughs) you do just like a note for no cover. (laughs) Um, But I guess, you know, like for me, like when I think about doing covers, um, like I do try and, like emphasize, I guess, the same bits, you know, that are like emphasized in the, the original version of the song. Um, mm. Which, uh, I mean, I guess that's, you know, that's sort of a matter of opinion. Like what stands out to you in one song versus what stands out to you in another song. Right. Um, so like, uh, we're just thinking, oh, it's interesting that like that, that uh, you know, that's not the same choice that I would have made, I guess. And I, I, you know, if I had been more proactive when I was at home over the summer in my studio, I would have made a cover of Corrupt Lyle as well. Uh, here in Los Angeles, I don't have any recording equipment with me. Um, but yeah, we're going to think like, Oh, okay. So this is what stood out to you from the song. So what stood out to me from the song. Um, and that's sort of, I guess with, with the important thing of like listening to what covers is. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm a little bit, uh, worried. I might come across the same situation as I do more episodes on the escape team the only the only one i've done so far is uh i did duncan of course of course with abby bash way back in the spring and yeah there were no covers of that either so. yeah 
What are you gonna do? So hey, fans out there, get get on. If you do covers of Escape Team songs, I can pretty much guarantee that they will end up on that episode because <laughs> you know <laughs> it, it might be the only one. So yeah, if you want to be featured on an episode, cover one of the Escape Team songs, or even My Murdered Remains too. I, those seem to be lacking in covers as well. So I think we have reached the moment in the episode where you must score this song. So we're going one to ten uh, with decimals. All right. Well, it's definitely for me. It's a ten point oh. That's one of the best songs wow. ever. Probably, you know, it's like one of my favorite Ever Giant songs. It's definitely the best song of twenty eighteen. You know, well, the best Ever Giant song of twenty eighteen for me. It's I, I keep listening to it over and wow, over. Wow. And like, super controversial opinion, but I love it. I, I, I love a controversial opinion. You know, we we you know. It's like, you know, me saying that Dr. Worm is my favorite They Might Be Giant song. I mean, I can't lie and say that it's not. Right. But it's probably a lot of people's favorite song. Well, I you mean, know. there's definitely, there's like, I love Istanbul. I feel like Istanbul is one of those songs that is, like, kind of pooped on in the fandom because everyone's like, oh, everyone knows Istanbul and they play it live at every concert. And mm-hmm. when you hear something that's not Istanbul, it's like, I love it. The fiddle solo, just top notch. And. You know, and so it's like, mm-hmm. it's not my desire to just be like, oh, you know, it's obscure, therefore it's good. I just have my musical taste, and it's kind of different from, like, a typical Enemy Giants fan's musical taste. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I must say I'm, I'm guilty of that as well in that the Istanbul episode. I gave it a six, which is currently the second lowest score that uh, I've given. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I would probably give Istanbul, like, an eight or a nine, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. What am I going to give this thing? So I definitely have gained some appreciation on it uh, just from talking to you and also learning the song, learning stuff about like the weird key signature stuff that's going on, uh, the cool drum machine stuff, the Mellotron. I mean, for a song that's so short and a song that's deep on an album uh, that a lot of people have kind of, you know, pushed off to the side, uh, there definitely is a lot going on here. And. It's got a cool melody, interesting, mellow lyrics. Um, but I can't say it's one of my favorite songs. I think yeah, I'm going to have to go... I'm going to go 6.4 on this guy. All no right. disrespect to Corrupted Lyle, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I, can't, I can't go too high. I mean, I, then, you know, I might have some song that I've, has been one of my favorites for forever that ends up competing with Corrupted Lyle. That seems... Uh, it might be a little bit... Disingenuous there. So, uh, so is there uh, anything you would like to plug? You said you said you've got some uh, covers. Are they uh, on the uh, the TMBS? Mm-hmm. I believe it's tmbs.bandcamp.com uh, to find the John Henry tribute album. Are, are yours? Are they listed under your your own name, or do you have a? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Those are under my name, Kevin Callaway and the Bunkings Orchestra. Uh, to be honest, those covers. I mean, they're, they're fun. Uh, but they're definitely um, meme in nature. They're not, you know... Uh, I do have my own right. band camp, which is kevincalloway.bandcamp.com. Um, I've got an album out on Spotify and Deezer and Apple Music and, you know, all those streaming platforms, uh, nice. which is called Optimist, uh, credited to Kevin Calloway and the Bunk Tunes Orchestra. So, um, yeah, I guess if I'm looking to plug something, that would be it. Nice. Album yeah. Optimist. I will go check those out. All right. Yeah. For everyone else out there, if you want to 
find the podcast online. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at this might be a pod, uh, facebook.com slash this might be a podcast. Uh, you can email me this might be a pod at Gmail. You can leave me voicemails at 224 801 2930. Uh, we've also actually got this might be a podcast.com, which can also kick over to Tumblr. So if you want to follow us on Tumblr as well, uh, I'm on there and trying to be more active with updating that site. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, that'll wrap things up here. And hey, we got we got about a 45 minute episode out of Corrupted Lie, which I, I'm very proud of us. Well, I'm su- I'm surprised too. <laughs> pat, we'll pat ourselves on the back there. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like I love the song. It's one of my favorites. Like I don't think I could talk about it for 45 straight minutes. But... We did it. We did it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, thanks again. Uh, Kevin, and uh, if you want to do another episode in the future, we could definitely uh, make that happen. All right, cool. All right, man. I'll talk to you later.